0: You
1: can kick your fancy ales, you can by the wagon, but the only for the come from green
2: dragon. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another Know Thine Enemy. Today we have the Goblin King from the new Hobbit books. He's pretty beastly, I think that's uh, pretty safe to say. Sure is. To my left... We have Mr. Matt. Howdy. Well, you're not Mr. Matt. You're just Matt, really. I'm just me. Yeah. Yeah. We have Matt. We have David once again. Greetings. And we also have a new voice on the cast today. We have Jeremy. Hello. Different Jeremy. Yeah, different one.
1: <laughs> the one that doesn't paint very good. <laughs> How are you going to distinguish? Oh, I guess you'll be able to tell me? No,
3: voices. it doesn't yeah. matter.
2: We won't have both Jeremy's on at the same time. How about that? Great idea. We could that way more. we won't have to get They could confused.
1: argue against each other. That <laughs> would
0: be
2: hilarious. Which Jeremy is better? Do that Do for one. one of
1: our uh, quick, quick quick questions. Thoughts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, the Goblin King, let's get started on it. He comes in at 120 t- 20 points, so one two zero. He is a goblin and a monster. Move 6, which is a bit above average for goblins, mm-hmm. fair to say. Sure. Yep. Fight value 6, shoot value of a 5+, strength 5, defense 5, 3 attacks, 3 wounds, courage 3. We, he also has 3, 2, 1 for might, will, and fate. has a two-handed pick for his war gear, and his special rules are Terror, Burly, Cave Dweller, resistant to Magic, Relentless Advance, Blubbery Mass, and Goblin Projectile. So just a couple of specials. <laughs> oh yeah, just, just a couple. Just a couple, couple. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> Casual seven special rules. I can't actually think of another model that has seven special rules. Could be the
1: most. We might have to look that up. We'll have to look yeah. that up later. Find out.
2: I have a feeling it is. Or maybe The Watcher. Maybe. No,
1: yes, he uh, hasn't. Maybe three or four. No, not many. It's all in like one rule.
2: Uh, but before we get into the Goblin King, Jeremy, tell us a bit about yourself because this is the first time we've had you on. How long have you been playing the game?
3: How long have you been playing the game? So pretty much been playing since the second Lord of the Rings movie came out. First set I remember buying was the old strategy battle game box, the one that had twelve horsemen and twenty orcs in it. So that was pretty good. Yeah, very value for money back in the days. So it was like eighty dollars, so you pretty much doubled your money just from just from the horses. Yeah, yeah that's
2: so had some good values back back in the day. Back mm-hmm. back a while
3: back. So been consistently going to tournaments every so often, um, normally with Tim and Thomas. I've been playing, what have I been playing at tournaments? I've been playing Elves and Mordor recently. Delved into men a little bit, but not really. So those two are my, my pretty much armies. I have Harrod as well. What do you make of the Goblin King? What do you think about him? When I've played against him, he's been very strong. The armies that i played are normally about doing damage and the Goblin King definitely stops me from doing damage. I remember rolling against Tim where he'd have the Goblin King and I'd do something like 12 wounds with shooting and one of them came out from Blubber.
2: Probably should expand a bit more on that blubbery mass. Basically, Goblin King's wearing power armor to coin a <laughs> uh, tin and phrase. phrase. He has a three-plus fate save against any wound he takes, mm. except for magical powers, Glamdring, Orchrist, and Sting.
3: And then he can use his fate save as well yes. after that coming.
2: Yes, yeah. he can, and take a Fury save fury if there's and, uh, a Goblin Shaman that happens to mm. be nearby.
1: He doesn't take wounds very easily.
2: No. You have to put some serious effort into mm-hmm. wounding him, which I think is why he has so much appeal
1: Yeah. To a definitely. lot of players. Yeah. Why
2: we see him taken so much, even without Goblin Town. There's a particular player out there in the... Uh, <laughs> hey, Andy. S- <laughs> South Australia, Andrew. Shout out to you there, mate. Doesn't Stel- leave home without him. <laughs> Stellar, though, conversion. Pirate Goblin King conversion. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely. Good. Check Let's that out, out on, on the on interwebs. It you have a chance, Uh, David, what do you think about the Goblin King? What do you, what do you reckon he, what does he provide to an army that makes him so, 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 so favored?
0: Well, he's generally an all-round nasty piece of work, but from the times I've played against him, he can tank practically anyone in the game, since the only people with the magic weapons who can bring him down uh, tend to be one attack. And then he can just stand there for a couple of turns, absorbing all the damage you can throw at him, and then he just picks up one of your models and throws it down your battle line. He's a pretty,
2: pretty, pretty nasty piece of work. I think yeah. we just keep coming back to that. What, can, <laughs> what, can you,
1: what can makes
0: him nasty? Yeah, Is that what, what you want to know? Can, yeah. What
1: can you add to it, uh, <laughs> Matt? Yeah. Because Well, God, he can just beat face. I ran him once myself at a tournament at KJ's in Melbourne. He can kill some stuff when he puts his mind to it, and he's really hard to kill himself. And I mean, you put those two together, it's not surprising that he's popular. Simply looking at his
2: offensive attributes here, he's got strength 5 with a two-handed pick. So, if he piercing strikes, he can effectively go up to strength 8. Plus, he's got burly, so he can use his two-handed weapon, which means he could, in theory, strike as if he's strength 10. In
1: theory.
2: Yep. And he doesn't get minus 1 to his dice rolls, because
1: he's burly. And even if he drops defense, he's pretty low defense anyway, yeah. and he's still got the three plus saves on everything. So
3: so
2: mm. even if you lose combat, you're like, eh. Yeah.
3: Defense five's not going to save much, but that's the yeah. plus save.
2: Three uh, plus he's save. Coming back mm-hmm. to. He also has two other really, really useful special rules. Uh, Relentless advance means he can charge through other goblins. So if there's some goblins in the way, eh, don't worry about it. You just move straight on through them, and mm-hmm. you just squash those goblins as you run through mm-hmm.
1: Don't underestimate that. It's really handy. If you happen to be in an average position at any point in the game, you just go, you know what? Screw it. Get out of the way, guys. Walk right through them.
3: Especially because your opponent probably has overlooked that as well. Trap him, and then no, Mm -hmm. he just walks
0: out around.
2: I think that's the other really interesting thing about it. You can prevent people from charging him while still being able to charge. So you put a little wall of goblins in front of you, and you're like, you can't physically charge a Goblin King, and then the Goblin King goes... (laughs) <laughs> but I can still get you and just yeah. run straight over his goblins. That's no, right. The only thing, downside about it is he has to charge to do it, so you can't just do it in the movement phase. For instance,
1: yes. you have to be able to. No, there's get there's it. no escape clause. It's it's purely offense.
2: Yeah. Mm. He has another special rule as well: Goblin projectile. Now, this is probably the most underrated, I think, special rule of his. Would that be safe to assume?
1: I've never seen it used. I've attempted it and and not had it come off. But if it had, I would have been very very happy. So,
2: I think Andrew will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he used it up in Sydney, and he knocked over a dragon with it. Very nice. Because the little claws on the goblin projectile is it knocks prone the target model that you hit. Knock down anything, Foul beasts.
1: One exception: the Murmur. The yeah. It can never be knocked down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, the Moomax is an exception to everyone. Yeah, pretty so. much. Yeah. Fold
1: it go beast then and see what happens. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'd ah. knock him over.
2: Right against um, Chariot? The... Maybe <laughs> a drag knight. Yeah. If he rolls a foot. It doesn't matter.
1: Try not to think too hard about <laughs> yeah. the logistics yeah. of a goblin knocking down a dragon. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, more goblin knocking
3: down Treebeard. Yeah,
2: yeah that do
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> He also has Cave Dweller, which is nice, and terror, which is also quite nice, and... I think the last other special rule that he has that's just quite handy is resistant to magic. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because obviously being 120 points, he's going to attract a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the only way to bypass his blubber saves is with magic or with one of the magic elven swords. Which, let's face it, most people probably not going to have. Not going to have in their army. If you're looking at magic as your sole way of getting through it, that's really, really suddenly risky if he has resistance to magic because you just pick up one dice and throw a six and he doesn't care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or, or even a, a 5 or a 4 if he's got some might behind him. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an incredibly handy special rule to have for that particular model, I mean... It's helpful have... on every model. But... <laughs> if he didn't have it, you'd be thinking, gee, I wish he had resistance to magic, wouldn't you?
3: But even <laughs> even more so that, like, I know when I deal with monsters and I have magic, I'll try new spells on them as well. So the fact that he's a monster, people are naturally going to try and immobilize and kill it that way. So regardless of Blubber, having it on him just in general is really good. There's no way to really get around it.
1: It's always a risk to cast against him, because he might be wasting will.
2: We've talked about why the Goblin King is so popular and just looking at stat line, aside from sort of the, the Courage 3, everything on that stat line looks really, 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 really juicy. Yeah, sure, was- what do you do against him? Aside from the obvious counters that are actually written in his rules, please take these <laughs> yes. models to counter me, Sam, Frodo, Thorin, Gandalf and yeah. Thorin, mm-hmm. aside from those four models, how else do you deal with the Goblin King? Because you can't feed him one model a turn because he picks it up and throws it at yeah. you it's hard to really go all in
0: on him because he can tank any hero, as you said, David. How do you deal with a Goblin King? Extreme overkill. It's a 3-plus save, so in theory, he'll fail it eventually. If you just throw enough wounds on it, something's got to give. Generally, it's you that gives out first, but
3: eventually he's going to die. I found that fight 6 heroes definitely help because it kind of forces him to use might points to just match your fight value. So anything fight 6 or higher, you might not do the wounds, but you'll probably be winning the fight on him unless he uses his fight points.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think if you have something that can just win the fight against him and don't worry too much Mm -hmm. about wounding him, just sort of nullify him, well, it's probably the best way to go. The problem is he's a
0: monster on a 40 mil base, Mm. so he can fit into your battle line, Mm. and if you fight 6 heroes not chipping wounds on him, eventually you're going to lose, in which case you get picked up and thrown clear. Mm, so you need a couple of fight 6 or heroes into then. oblivion. Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, I, I guess the really pain in the ass thing about the Goblin King is you can't really win a war of attrition
0: with him. Because he has that 3-plus blubber save, he's really hard to wear down. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why you've got to have just sheer amount of overkill. Mm. Or somehow ignore and break the army, depending on, yeah, what focus, yeah. depends on what your opponent's doing.
3: Focus on what else is in the army and try and win that way. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to
0: the objectives. Mm.
3: Because he's he's sort of effectively got
2: nine wounds. On average, he'll it'll take about nine wounds to kill him before his fate too. So mm. you could sort of say nine ten wounds there before
1: Fury. That's, that's 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 up there with tanking ability from the Balrog. Having run him though, not always, not always nine wounds. No. Yeah, you can botch horribly and he can go down very easily. See how mm. you still have to be pretty careful with him. Just on that as well, from those at the table that have ran the Goblin King,
2: is actually one of the few models I haven't really ran in a points match. Ran him in scenarios, of course, with Thorin's company and stuff, when we've been playing through them. What do you use the Goblin King to do? How do you sort of play him on the table? What do you want to get out of him when you play him?
1: For the most part, I would say you go for a few model kills early on. It's a nice way of sticking him in there and whittling down your opponent's army first up. And then, once the battle lines are reduced a little bit, you'll still have more numbers, generally, because you're Goblin Town. Yeah. you usually have more numbers.
2: <laughs> I think you'd be a bit worried if you didn't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> once you've whittled down their army to the point where maybe you're outnumbering them two to one, perhaps you were at the start, who knows, you should be able to then get into their heroes in a vulnerable position. And that's what you should be aiming to do, is to take out the heroes, because that's his best use. Yeah. He can bring down heroes like, mm. quite comfortably. Would you guys
3: agree with that or anything
1: else to add there?
3: I think going on what Matt was saying about him bringing down heroes, if you use him with just Goblin Town, all the other heroes in your units in general are really squishy. So him being able to have Blubber and survive a few hits will kind of force the opponent to go after him unless they kill your regular models. I haven't used him personally, but when I've fought against him, he's been really good at killing my heroes, which kind of allows... Use him as a bit of a deterrent saying... Focus me, focus me, and then the rest
1: of my models will claim the objectives and, and win the game.
2: It's a big model and
1: it commands respect. Mm-hmm. Yes. The beauty of Goblin Town is, of course, that you can throw one of your goblins into a hero and it will die, almost certainly, but it's no big loss.
3: No.
2: you got 78 of his other mates exactly. to uh, <laughs> yeah. help him out.
1: And then the scribe to bring more. Mm-hmm. And then you just throw four other goblins into each of his warriors mm-hmm. and go, we're going to have some fun here tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I think also just, yeah, the sheer disruption that he can do to a battle line because he's the monster on the small base. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah. You speak about the monster on a small base. Why is uh, the small base the sorry, sort of down, downsizing from a troll 60 mil base to a
0: 40 mil sort of cave troll base, if you will? Why mm. is that such a big change? Well, under the new rules for barging and hurling and whatever, you want to get the monster in on a flank so it can pick up one model and throw it, but... I use trolls a fair bit, and people are pretty good at n- making sure there's not just one model you can fit a 60mm base round into. Mm. The 40mm base is much harder to guard against because it can fit through 40mm sized gaps. Yeah, that, so, and yeah. he can walk over your own men to get there. Yeah, so yeah. combine them together. And... Now the 40mm base can't is definitely more manoeuvrable. Cool. You
2: guys got anything to add to the Goblin King? Be afraid. <laughs> Ways to kill him. <laughs> Wait,
1: we... we.
2: sort of went through. Oh, well, no, we didn't really. Go I, as think nice. the, I
1: think for the, I think for the most part, when you're looking across the table at Goblin Town, I know you don't have to run the Goblin King with Goblin Town, but no. it
3: makes sense all the other way around and not run Goblin Town but have the Goblin King. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. If you are running him with Goblin Town, what your opponent wants to do is break you. That's yeah. going to be their number one objective because Courage Three. Yeah. You'll, you will run his away. Biggest weakness is Courage Three.
2: That's the tricky thing, isn't it? How do you munch through? You know. 60, 70 old Goblin Town. So you're trying to kill 30 to 40 of the little buggers mm. to break the Goblin King to force him to take break tests. That's no easy feat. Not easy.
1: And no. if
0: they're a full Goblin Town army, they're also behind you at the same time. Yes, because yeah, of true.
2: A So is there any surefire way of taking
3: down the Goblin King?
1: Taking him down?
3: Probably not. Army of the Dead. Not with that. <laughs> army of <for> the Dead. <laughs> That's Get his courage.
1: It's actually not, not a bad... yeah. King of the Dead, maybe? Yeah. If you can get past that, what Do mm. one wound? Well, he only has to do it once. That's three times better than anyone else. Mm. I think the way That's to do two. him
3: would be to get rid of his courage. Not get rid of, but abuse his low courage. Mm. You know, things mm. like spectres to move him out of the way, or ringwraiths to even make Sentinels. it a two instead. Yeah. Yep. Sentinels, things like that.
0: You can always drop someone high strength in front of him just to lock him down. Mm. If you've got a cave troll mm. or something. Cause, yeah, I or think, a real troll, and just, you know, they're
2: pounding on him. Yeah, I think that's one thing that really sort of screams about the Goblin King is, if you're going to take him down, I'm sorry to say, but you're going to have to throw more than 120 points mm. into dealing with him, Yeah, generally. For sure. Unless you sort of have one of those niche counters. Yeah, such how much as is like Thorn with Orkrist? Thorin yeah. with Orchis is about the same, actually. I think yeah. it's 120, yeah. and even that's it's a. I think he's 105, isn't well, he? Um, like actually, 15. i got the book right in front of me. I just realised Thorin is in the same book as. Yeah, he's, he's 100. 15. Straight up Thorin. Yeah. Uh, he's 110 with Orchis, and you're likely to take the Oaken Shield with yeah. you as well. So 115. So yep. they're about the same, and it's a real 50 50. It you is, know. yeah. If, if sure. those two just solo, straight up, go into each other, it's a real 50
3: 50. So. The rules for Orcrist means that, isn't it, when he does, when Thorin doesn't wound with Orcrist, it turns into D three. Yes. So yep. it should, if you get Thorin in there and you end up winning, hopefully you can actually start doing some wounds on him. It's kind of that one model that was designed to beat the Goblin King.
1: Yes. Yeah. The, oh, the, on the flip side, though, as we're saying, the Goblin King will only need one or two combats. Well, yeah. Rending, okay. it'll hurt
2: him. Or sort of the the sort of the best way to kill Thorin in those Goblin scenarios is pick him up and throw him away, throw yeah, him in a, Throw him in a pit yeah. if you lucky enough to have lava, some lava lava <laughs> or pits on your table. But sometimes <laughs> the best way to deal with a hero is just pick up, throw yeah. him out of the get combat of zone yeah. and just deny him for
1: three That is turns. a case where the strength five is a little bit annoying though because you might roll a one and he's not going very far. Mm-hmm. It's a risky option at times. But Barge you know. is more reliable.
2: Well, I think we get into some scores. Sure thing.
1: <laughs> well, what am I going
2: to give I'm this guy? I'm worried about this one because mm-hmm. I think
1: people are going to... Hit me, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to start? Yeah, I will start, and I will use my arbitrary calculation system that only I know about to award <laughs> the Goblin King a seven. seven. Seven? A Seven.
2: I am surprised that you have given him a seven.
1: Well, he did nearly win me a tournament, only his painting that I
2: lost. No, I thought so. it would be higher.
1: Mm. Oh, no. No, he's, he's very Consider good. Consider what you gave he's very Legolas good. and Urkenbrand. Okay, he's a really good duelist. Yeah, I, I really like stuff that supports the rest of your army in a way, rather than just straight-up power. But and, and look, he does that as well. He can hurl down the lines and that sort of thing. But if you look at his damage potential overall, he's not a good hurler, because he's uh, strength five. 5. He can kill two models reliably each turn, you would think. And he's a very good duelist. If you run him with something other than Goblin Town, you don't get that added benefit of being able to charge to your own lines. If you do run him with Goblin Town, you run that risk, of course, of being broken and everything just running away. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just him running away potentially,
3: because that's got to be his biggest negative. His yeah. The courage. Goblin's with him. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I'm, I think I'm happy with giving him a seven. Seven's still a high score. We haven't really done any uh, bad units. I
2: think I gave a five to Varashku.
1: You did, <laughs> but that's you. You're so mean to Varashku. Poor Varashku. David,
2: what would you give the uh, Goblin King?
1: I'm
0: not really sure on this, because I run him through my um, algorithm, he comes out quite high. (laughs) Yes, I have an algorithm against your, (laughs) you know, whatever it is you had. My Um, random arbitrary choices. Yeah, your arbitrary choices. It comes down to a couple of things, though, like I don't like the model and things like that, but nonetheless, rules-wise, he's just, he's such a powerful character for his points. I'll I'll match Matt's score. Seven as well? Seven, yep. (laughs) Mainly because I don't like
3: the model. (laughs) It would have been seven and a half, but... Wow. uh,
1: Half a point down because the bad model. Oh, mm.
3: hey, it's a lot better than the one Jeremy. The model. Yeah,
0: yeah, that one's yeah. a bad. Oh, no, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. very good. Okay, especially can I go price. to like six
1: point nine. Only
0: half increments here. So. Okay, six and a half then.
3: Yeah. I almost want to give him an eight. I think for what he gives to an army, and then having the model as strong as it is anyway, you know, it's a really good model to ally in because it adds just that level of tankiness that nothing else really in the game has. Even The
0: Dark Lord himself.
3: Well, the Dark Lord himself, but then the Dark Lord's not 120 points.
0: No, this is Ah,
2: true. (laughs) This is fact. In fact, anything that (laughs) matches his tankiness is sort of
3: much, Mm. nearly double his points. Well, that's it. He works well with Goblin Town. He adds that kind of extra thing that Goblin Town needs. Sure, it's got the mass numbers, but he kind of adds what a troll does to Mario Goblins, whereas Goblin Town has, like, you know, it's cheap heroes with might and stuff like that, but the Goblin King definitely adds that extra oomph and will force your opponent to either deal with it or just let it go in and kill models. If they don't have that courage to get rid of it, it's very strong. Mm -hmm. So that's why I give it 8. It can die. You know, Defence 5 isn't the best. But just that, you know, it's a Goblin, so Fury will affect it. You've got Channel Fury. Realistically, he's got a 3-plus save and then a 5-plus from Channel Mm. Fury and then his Fate save on top of that. So... yeah. If it gets to that point, it is very strong.
1: I actually think defense hype is a great counterbalance mm. to uh, his role. I, I think yeah. if it yeah. was any higher, he would, he would be way ridiculous. Too about, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think I'm going to do the first thing on this podcast and actually grossly overscore Matt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm giving the Goblin King a 9. No. Wow. Break out the uh, balloons. Mm.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I agree a lot with what Jeremy said. I think If you construct an army around him and have him as a primary focus and one, sorry, I should rephrase that, one of the primary focuses and you bring in a second threat Mm. or even a third threat, suddenly he becomes something that's extremely difficult to deal with because if you've got multiple threats of Goblin King power and higher, yeah, there's not much you can do about it. He's just so flexible. His weaknesses are very easily covered up. Yeah, I look at him and go, why wouldn't you take him with other armies? I've looked yeah, at, I've yeah. seen what Andrew's done with him and yeah. uh, done those funky little cool conversions, and All I'm looking at him and now banner, and go, yeah. not such a crazy idea.
3: Yeah. Well, you even go. Yeah, You're I, I
2: really go. like him. I like what he did in the movie, and mm. strangely enough, I'm actually a little partial to his pose. I quite <laughs> like the. Uh, <laughs> I quite love the. Uh, Only because you've seen Andrew's to-
1: conversion. <laughs> to
2: to coin a to coin a uh, term from the interwebs, a scrotum beard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that?
2: <sighs> I said you were link to it last night. Did
1: you? Oh, I'll check that out. Yeah, I'm you sure probably sh- should. Interesting.
2: Anyway, <clears throat> it's been going on long enough. <clears throat> You've been sure has. Don't want to hear us gasp back
1: Early anymore. Long, I
2: think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to collect myself. All wrap right. her up. <laughs> Remember, as always, guys, traps win games.
4: Welcome to Know Thine Scenario Goblin King. This is Jeremy, the painting in scenario, Jeremy, not the one that we had on earlier, talking about using the Goblin King in scenarios. I've just listened to the preceding podcast and probably like you, I was yelling at it a little bit, disagreeing with what they are saying. Things like, they don't like the Goblin King model. Why are they talking about a model that they don't like? I really like the one throwing the goblin. That's my preferred pose. I'm going to be using that as the cover picture. Also to the question, why wouldn't you take the Goblin King in every army? Theme. Take him with goblins. Take him with the goblins that he's leading. Doesn't make any sense the other way. Anyway, I'm covering scenarios. I'm a story-based player and definitely like the scenarios more than the points matches. There are two scenarios that I'm going to cover with the Goblin King. They are both from the Unexpected Journey rulebook. The first is number four, Flight to Freedom. And the second is number five, Breakout. The Goblin King does two different things in these scenarios and it really adds a lot to them. For both the scenarios, the models come with the starter set, the Escape from Goblin Town. So if you've got an Escape from Goblin Town set... You've got enough models for these scenarios you might need some more goblins because there are reinforcements and I think there's a scribe as well The problem with these scenarios is you will need a lot of goblin town terrain So you either get together with a club or a store or Put a lot of money into it put your tournament winnings into it whatever to get enough well worth it though It looks amazing and great scenarios The first one is flight to freedom in flight to freedom the Goblin King starts on his throne He's taunting away at Thorin's company who don't have any weapons. The dwarves have to break away, grab the weapons, and then escape. They can go without the weapons, but that's a bit silly. They'll run into some trouble, and even goblins are quite dangerous for Thorin's company. The Goblin King cannot move the first turn due to the special rule, Outraged Royalty. This is a bit of a problem for him, because that means the dwarves can go pick up their weapons with a clever march, perhaps. And then go use someone like Thorin and Dwalin to take down the Goblin King. Those two dwarves are your main adversaries. Watch out for those two. The rest you can deal with okay. Thorin and Dwarlin have ways to beat you. Dwarlin, because he can't be thrown, and he's quite powerful, quite killy. Thorin, because he's got the Orcrist. once he picks that up. I think the barge still works though on Dwarlin, so you can get away with that. But they usually combine together to beat you down. Grinner is the key to this scenario if you want the Goblin King to be killing the Dwarves. So if your main tactic is to kill the Dwarves before they get off, you've got to set up Grinner near the Goblin King so that you can his swap the mead to pull him out of trouble. The Goblin King will probably be in trouble first turn. You swap Grinner in and then he takes an Orcris to the face. Watch out for that. It's a bit demoralizing and it means you've got very few points of might left because you've only got the Scribe which doesn't have any might. So you can it's hard to call any heroic moves then. It's hard to slow the dwarves down. If you're playing conservatively, you'll keep Grinner back as a reinforcement and use him to lead the goblins. The problem with this is the Goblin King will probably go down to Thor and, and some friends. If he does this, if this is your tactic, make sure he's taking as many points of might with him. So you're taking off stats with the Goblin King. Call a strike or a combat. Combat, if you're already high fight, so you're fight six. If you're up against someone who's not fight six, call the heroic combat. If you're up against fight six, you can risk it either way. Equal, I would I would consider the heroic combat at times, especially if you're against one because it means you can fight again. But the heroic strikes valuable as well. Either one, as long as the other will counter. That's how you take some might off. If you're lucky, you win the combat and then you can do some damage. Barge is your key move. Although I think it counts as a move, so watch out for that first turn where you can't move. The swap of me definitely does not count as a move. Hopefully your Goblin King has taken off lots of might of the Dwarves, and it's enough to slow them down. This is a really tricky scenario for the Dwarves. They have to use all their cunning to get off, especially the Goblins are well played. So anything you can take off, any way you can slow them down, is a real victory. Scenario number five is called Breakout. In this scenario, the Dwarves run from one side of the board to the other across rickety walkways, which the Goblins and also the Dwarves can accidentally break. The Goblins might not accidentally break, they might do that on purpose, but either way, you're going to have some damage. I really like this scenario. I enjoy the the running across the rickety walkways for the Dwarves. It's like the five starter scenarios in the rulebook. You learn a lot of skills from that, but it's on a big scale. Your Dwarves are often set up in small groups, And you've got Gandalf, so your Goblin King wants to avoid the group of Gandalf. Gandalf is a really strong counter to him, also Thorin as well. The Goblin King in the FAQ arrives on turn three at the end of the evil move phase from any board edge. This is key where you place him. I often go and attack the flanks with him, so attack the side, and you can sort of force a dwarves to move to one side or the other, and then concentrate your Goblins. You could also come on where the Dwarves are running to, you could come on behind, but that's a bit silly. you have to spend your might on marches. Once again, you've got Grinner. So a swap with me is really useful if you can get near him. So those two together are really useful. Watch out for breaking the walkways. The Goblin King counts as five models here. So he can knock off the walkways by accident a lot. He'll end up with the dwarves. If you can take down dwarves with you, that's great. But you don't want him to die. Also watch out for being pushed. If he's near the edge... He can't trample goblins as part of his fallback. So the dwarves can put him near the edge and just push him off, which is very unfortunate. No good having a blubber save if you're falling off a walkway. We house rule this scenario to make the goblins automatically pass courage test for breaking. We've played it the other way and we find that the dwarves kill enough goblins, the 20 or so they need to kill, really early, and then the goblins just run away. And it's not a really great scenario because it doesn't play out. So I highly recommend you do that. This one's great for the Goblin King because it showcases all his moves. You can march, you can barge, you can throw, you can come on turn three with lots of support. You can run through your own goblins, threaten the dwarves that way. You can swap places with Grinner. Your resistance to magic is really important. Hold on to your might wherever possible and use it to save that against the blast from Gandalf that pushes you off the edge or other items there. The Goblin King's really valuable You want to kill three or four dwarves with him if possible. If you do that and you smash a couple walkways, your other goblins should be able to mop up and give you the victory in this scenario. In closing, if you haven't had a go at these two scenarios, I really strongly recommend you do. They are some of my favourites in all the books. They have a really great story. The models are all nice. I like the Goblin King. He's ugly, he's disgusting, and that's what he's supposed to be. I enjoy it much more than the points match games. Get a group together, get enough Goblin Town, and have a go at it. That's all from me today. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener. Until we meet again.